Welcome back to the 3D Printing Basics Podcast. This is episode 4, and in this episode we will be going over FDM versus SLA printing. We will be doing a rundown on both styles of printing, listing some pros and cons of each, and then conclude by going over which style of 3D printing is best for you. But first, before we get into that, I would love it if you like these episodes, follow my podcast, and left a five-star review. I've already received so much positive feedback. It is so incredibly motivating and inspiring to see. So thank you so much for supporting me and this podcast. Also, if you have a question you'd like to ask me or a topic that you would like me to discuss, please feel free to reach out and email me at the number 3D printing squared s-q-u-a-r-e-d at gmail.com again that's 3d printing squared at gmail.com i will also leave my email in the show notes i would love to hear what my audience has to say so please contact me and say something all right now that that is out of the way let's get into today's episode fgm versus sla printing I will start by going over what FDM printing is. So fused deposition modeling is a process of 3D printing where materials are heated up and extruded through a nozzle and then those materials are fused together to create an object. Most often these materials are fused together by layering the extruded material on top of each other layer after layer after layer and they are typically laid down on top of each other before the melted plastic has completely cooled down which allows the material to fuse together and create an incredibly strong bond. FDM always uses a polymer-based material, and now I didn't know what that meant either, so I looked it up. A polymer, defined by Google, is a substance that has a molecular structure consisting chiefly or entirely of a large number of similar units bonded together. As an example, many synthetic organic materials used as plastics and resins. Now, what I gauge this to mean is basically a material that has some sort of plastic in it. This is just one of the many ways that FDM differentiates from SLA because SLA uses a liquid-based resin material to print with, while FDM uses a solid filament that is typically wound on a spool to print with. And the founder of this method, and now being mentioned for the third episode in a row, is Scott Crump, who patented it three years after his patent on SLA printing. And this is just another reason that we can credit Scott for almost single-handedly inventing the 3D printing world that we know today. And even though he patented FDM in 1989, FDM printing did not really become popular until the mid-2000s with a project that I have also mentioned in previous episodes, the RepRap project. Just as a brief overlook, the RepRap project was what brought 3D printing to the mainstream and their primary goal was to create self-replicating 3D printers. If you would like to hear the full story of Scott Crump, the RepRap project, and the full history of 3D printing, be sure to check out episodes number two and three of my podcast where I dive into the history of 3D printing. Anyways, There are two main systems to FDM printing. One system is responsible for the heating, extrusion, and laying down of that extruded filament, while the other is responsible for the movement of the bed and slash or the printhead to ensure it is printing where it is supposed to. For the first system, heating and extruding of the filament, there are two main ways to do it, either direct drive extrusion or what we call Bowden extrusion. 
Both have their pros and cons, but first let's break down each one. In order to get your filament feeding into the printhead and out of the heated nozzle, something needs to be applying force to the filament. Now, in most cases, the force is a gear that is attached to a motor. The difference between a Bowden extruder and a direct drive extruder is simply the placement of this particular gear. On Bowden drive printers, this gear is placed far away from the hot end, usually on the side or on one of the Z-axis. A direct drive printer will have this gear placed on the printhead, as close to the hot end as it can possibly get. That is the only difference between these two extrusion methods. The benefits to Bowden extruding is that it makes the printhead much lighter, which can allow it to move and print a lot faster, and it's also beneficial for non-flexible filaments like PLA and can help reduce stringing because stringing happens when there is extra force applied on the filament and that combined with the working forces of gravity causes unwanted melted plastic to drip out of the nozzle. Since the extruding force is being applied so far away from the nozzle, this means that the only extra force that is being applied to that unwanted filament is gravity and so less of it will drip out of the nozzle causing less stringing. Some of the benefits of a direct drive system are its reliability. Because the gear that is applying the extrusion force is so close to the nozzle, there will be a lot less variance in how much or how little filament you actually extrude. And sometimes with the Bowden setup, the extrusion force is so far away that it can cause some differences in how much filament is being extruded, and direct drive doesn't have that issue. This is so important to 3D printing because Everything depends on how much or how little filament you want to extrude. If you're under extruding, there's going to be weird holes and your print is going to look like Swiss cheese. If you're over extruding, there's going to be blobs and chunks everywhere and your print is just not going to come out right. You really need the perfect amount of filament to be extruding at all times and direct drive setups normally have a better time with this. Another benefit to direct drive is its ability to print a wider range of filaments, particularly flexible filaments. Flexible filaments are very, very prone to jamming up and not extruding properly in Bowden setups. Because of that gear being so far away, it leaves a lot of space in between the gear and the nozzle, which lets that filament just get jammed up and not even have a chance to get to the nozzle and start printing. Since direct drive setups, that gear that is extruding is placed on top of the nozzle, that completely negates that issue and lets flexible filaments like TPU print very, very easily. One very prominent con of direct drive is that because it adds more weight to the printhead, it is more subject to vibrations while printing and therefore your chances of coming out with a poor looking and inaccurate print can go up. This was a huge problem before Clipper firmware was released. And if you would like to hear more about Clipper, check out my last episode because the Clipper firmware itself pretty much completely negated this issue and it is no longer a huge deal in the 3D printing industry. Now, I would say at the beginning of the mainstream 3D printing era, Bowden Drive was much more popular, especially with the cheap bed slingers like Ender 3s and Creality and all that. And that was because it was cheaper to make. You didn't have to make the Z-axis rail super strong. You didn't have to make your printhead crazy strong to be able to hold up the weight of a direct drive extruder and so a lot of 3D printing companies chose this route to get a cheaper printer. However, as 3D printers are getting better and more importantly faster, direct drive is starting to emerge as the go-to extrusion system for most 3D printing companies and this is mostly due to the speed of printing. 
you simply can't have a Bowden setup on a clipper printer that is moving at 200 or 300 millimeters a second. The extrusion force is just too far away from the nozzle and it will have a very hard time extruding and retracting and it will just have a very hard time overall creating accurate prints. Okay, so now that we have a basic understanding of FDM printers, I would like to move into stereolithography or SLA 3D printing. SLA is actually the oldest form of 3D printing. It was created by Chuck Hole in 1986 and was patented by our man, Scott Crump, three years later in 1989. It works by using a laser to instantly harden a liquid resin layer by layer to create the desired object. The way I will try to explain it is by using a stencil. So when artists want to trace something or project something onto a piece, they sometimes use a stencil that is held over a light like a projector. The stencil blocks part of the light and projects the other parts through, which then displays a desired shape on whatever it is they are trying to work on. SLA uses this same process with printing. It uses a very high quality screen that has a desired shape on it and the rest of the area that is not the shape that it wants to print is completely blacked out. So when the laser shines through this screen, only the desired shape gets through and the projected laser light that does pass through the screen then cures the resin. And this process repeats layer by layer with the screen projecting different shapes as the model gets built up until you have the finished part. And because of the screen's very, very high quality, there is zero tolerance for any kind of bleed through while projecting. Also, since there is no extruding filament, there are no problems with over or under extruding your filament. And this is what allows SLA printers to print extremely high quality pieces and why they are so attractive to makers like artists and action figure enthusiasts. If you were to print, say, a 4 inch tall action figure, you simply could not get all the detail included when printing with an FDM printer, no matter how fine of a layer height you are using, how much you tweak the settings, what kind of filament you're using, you just won't be able to get that fine of detail. But on an SLA machine, you can get a level that is almost on par with injection molded or quote as seen on TV parts. And this is what makes SLA printing so incredible. However, there are definitely downsides to SLA printing. First and foremost is all the necessary post-processing that you have to do. Since SLA printing takes place inside a vat that is full of resin, when you take the finished print out of the machine, there is going to be excess resin dripping off of it. That's just how it is because you're essentially printing in a bucket full of resin. So first, you have to wash the piece off in a bath of denatured alcohol. Now, I've personally never done SLA printing, but I've seen other people use these setups and they are pretty complicated. On top of having to wash your part, you also have to finish curing it. So after the alcohol bath, there are still microscopic bits of uncured resin on the part that can't be washed off. And this is dangerous because uncured resin is considered not safe and very toxic. So after washing your part, you must put it under a UV light and a lazy Susan setup and let those tiny bits of resin cure in order to make the parts safe for use. There is also the added safety necessities of wearing gloves and safety glasses when dealing with SLA prints. And another factor to consider is the added footprint and counter space that these extra units take up. A lot of us, I would say, are working with small setups. We don't have huge shops or huge warehouses where we have all the space to set up our printers. And so with an SLA setup, the footprint is just so much bigger than an FDM setup because with the FDM setup, you're just using a single printer and there's nothing else that you have to do. But with SLA, 
you have the printer, you have the washing station, and you have the curing station. So that is a very important part of SLA printing that you must consider if you are deciding to go that route. And that is the basic breakdown of FDM and SLA printing. Uh, now comes the million dollar question. Which one is best for you? As is often the answer, I feel, I believe that it depends on what you are printing and also what you are hoping to get out of your printers. If you are someone who likes to print models, figurines, or other highly detailed parts, I would suggest getting an SLA printer because that is basically the marketing point of an SLA printer. They print super high quality and super fine detailed parts. Just keep in mind the safety concerns and large footprint that SLA has. If you are someone who is printing parts for assemblies like RC cars, or you just want a faster, cheaper alternative to SLA printing, then FDM is definitely the way to go. In this case though, be mindful of whether you buy direct drive or bone and drive systems and the pros and cons that come with that. I think at the end of the day, there is something for everyone here in the world of 3D printing. So if you don't like the first thing you have, keep searching. I'm sure you will find the printing style and printers that suit your needs very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening to episode four of 3D Printing Basics. I hope you were able to gain a better understanding of FDM and SLA style 3D printing, and I hope you will have a good idea of what to look for the next time you decide to get a 3D printer. This episode was really fun for me. I love doing research on these things, especially with researching SLA. I really didn't know a whole lot about SLA printing. I've never done it before. I had never done it before. I never even considered it, so I never got into the world of SLA printing. But it was very, very fun for me to dive in and learn everything that I could about that. Again, please be sure to like this episode, follow, leave me a five-star review, email me with any questions you have, and most importantly, keep listening to this podcast. Your support means the world to me, and this wouldn't be possible without you. Thanks again, and talk to you next time.